the thing is, I found it again while I was tidying up and I'd completed 10 out of 11 of the goals. And I thought, well, there's something in this goal setting thing. So I started rewriting them. Today we're in for something a little different as Doug is the one being interviewed. Publishing consultant at Right Business Results, Georgia Kirk, quizzes Doug on his goal-setting habits and he shares a sneak peek into the work he's been doing behind the scenes with some secretly struggling entrepreneurs. So Doug, thank you very much for being here with me. It's a pleasure. How are you doing? I'm fabulous. Thank you very much. It's just Great. I walked my dogs this morning in clear blue skies. But before then, I woke up, which is always a great start to the day, I think. It's definitely a bonus if that's going to happen. <laughs> but actually, do you know what? Let's just start there because I think there's something in that to unpack, which is that's not simply a throwaway comment. You're one of the happiest people that I know in the sense that you know how to be content. You know what you want. You know how to set goals to get what you want, but you know how to enjoy the process rather than just plugging away until you get to the destination. Do you mind just telling us a bit about that mindset and the story that goes behind it? Of course, I don't mind. It goes back to this little goals book right? This is the original, original. I've got, it falls apart if I open it. So I've got to be very, very careful. Basically 2006, my mum died in November and 2007, my dad died in February. So within 12 weeks of each other, they, they both passed away and they were only 64 and 63 and that's no age. So with my inheritance, I bought a Harley Davidson, which was on my goals list. And the mad thing is this was written in the little goals book. The bike that I wanted was written in the goals book. Now, I'm not going to advocate that, you know, you kill off your parents to hit your goals because it's not a sound strategy. We were all going away for a big family holiday in December. My mum wasn't coming because she had cancer. And so she passed away sort of five weeks before so that we could all go away and not worry about her being back. I mean, that's the kind of perfect woman she was. She was amazing. Anyway, she wanted me to be the chief exec of ICI back in the day. So that was like many, many moons ago. And so I was always striving to do these things. But anyway, fast forward, 2008, we had the global financial crisis. I was robbing Peters to pay Paul. I mean, you know, I inherited some money from my parents, bought the Harley, bought a big house, kept my old house as a investment property but got too big a mortgage. I'm a financial advisor, really, really pushed the boat out. And then of course, 2008 came, global financial crisis. I was robbing Peter to pay Paul. We were renting rooms out in our house, renting our drive out so that you know people could come park on our drive to go on holidays, holidays that we would never ever be able to afford because we had no money. We lived near Gatwick. So that facility is still available if anybody's listening and they're going on holiday from Gatwick. You know, we still rent the drive out from occasion, reasonable rates. But anyway, 2010, robbing Peter to pay Paul had awful one one mortgage payment on my credit card. That's like, that is the debt. I was like 120K in debt. Out of 450k mortgage. I don't mind telling people this because they need to know how much deep doo doo I was in at that point. And I found 
a little goals book. You know, it got tucked away in the drawer. And, and when I pulled it out, it's like I'd completed 10 out of 11 of the goals. How, how much later into the future was that that you found? This was that? like five or six years. You know, it had been tucked away for five or six years. I know I wrote the goals down in 2004 because one of them was I have completed the London Marathon. And that was the thing. You write the goals as if you've already achieved them. I have completed the London Marathon. And I did that in 2005. So I knew that I must have written the goals down before then. So we had five, six years. I don't know details. They're in the past. I mean, I'm a forward thinking person, so I don't remember everything that happened and Alzheimer's is setting in probably. But the thing is, I found it again while I was tidying up and I'd completed 10 out of 11 of the goals. And I thought, well, there's something in this goal setting thing. So I started rewriting them. And the goals got bigger and bigger and sort of my income goal in the first time was I want to do a hundred thousand pounds. And this was when you were in, in that debt. Like, when did you write these goals? Well, the first ones were in 2004. And then, then it was like, well, well actually a hundred thousand, a hundred thousand is quite a nice goal for the deep doo-doos I was in. So I, you know, reinstated that same goal. And then, then used it. So that was like turnover to start with. And then it was gross profit. Then it was net profit. And then it was on my tax returns. So it served a number of purposes, the 100K figure. But then when I hit 100K, I figured, well, I just need to increase it. So I increased it to 200. And then I increased it to 250. And my wife presented my books to me for the year 2018, 2019. And I turned over 250,266 pounds. And the goal was 250,000. And it's like, flip me. <laughs> Stronger words than that, right? Stronger words than that. But, you know, it's family audience and everything. <laughs> so, so right, I just increased the figures again. So I increased it to half a million. And then, lo and behold, 2019 firm approached me and they offered to buy my business off me. And they paid me 510,000 pounds in 2019 and 500,000 and something in 2020. Now, I'm really not that worried that it came in as a lump sum as opposed to an income and that I had to work hard for it. I was accepting of the, the way that it came. <laughs> yeah. Right? yeah, quite. I'm, I'm not going to knock it, to be fair. No, 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 no. I don't think, uh, I don't think many words. But this isn't by accident, this is by design. And this is what you noticed and experienced over that, you know, what was actually, a, you know, over a 10, more than a 10 year period. So when you look at entrepreneurs now and you can see that they're having some difficulties, you can see that they're struggling. What goes through your mind when you think of your own experiences? I had no money, right? So, you know, pretty much any secretly struggling entrepreneur, we all struggle in secret. We're ashamed to tell people that we're struggling. That's the thing. Mm-hmm. You're not going to be blasting it out everywhere. So knowing what I know, that there, there are simple, little simple things that you can do to make a difference to your life. And, mm-hmm. and they're fundamentals. And, you know, we haven't got time today to go into those fundamentals, but, you know, Think Simple, Win Big is, is my book there. You can, you know, get access to that. But there are fundamentals. And this is being authentic, right? That's the starting point. You attract them people that are like you and like you. I go to some conferences sometimes and people go, Doug, you've got to be less Doug. And actually I'll say, flip you. (laughs) I'm going to be Doug, right? Exactly. You know, and if I can be, I'll be even more Doug. 
if need be. That, I, there's, got, there's an advert in that. Be more Doug. <laughs> be more Doug. Yeah, be more Doug. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, but that's just one of the little things because, you know, if you're authentic and, and you are you, right, yeah. you don't have to act. It's very, very easy to be that. It's very simple to be you. You don't have to think <laughs> twice about it. And this is it, isn't it? Then why is it so hard when, you know, and, and anybody who's ever tried to kind of shrug off anyone else's expectations and, and probably most entrepreneurs have just by nature of getting started in business because you face a lot of, weirdly, a lot of judgment, don't you? I think we've all experienced it. People being like, oh, I don't know if you can really do that. And I don't think that blah, blah, blah. All people that have no no idea what they're talking about usually. But, you know, that stuff gets to you, it, it, you know, it get, even just on a subconscious level. So, of course, being yourself should be the the easiest thing in the world, but but somehow it's it's also not. It takes practice. It does. Yeah. It does take practice. I mean, you know, for me to be this good has taken a lot of practice. <laughs> I don't know. I'm sure that comes uh, that comes naturally, Doug. You know. Well, well, to be fair, we've worked together now for three years. Coming um, up, three years got to be. It's got to be. Got to be. Three years, two books, a podcast, a blog, and a personal brand later. This is you. This is Doug. You know, this is a Doug that I know. Do you know what? I like this fella an awful lot as well. I didn't like the old guy. He was boring. I mean, and and that's the other thing is like, right, if you're depressed and unhappy, it shows. Yeah. And people aren't going to refer you if you're a boring shit. <laughs> it's so true. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So you are very referable, Doug. <laughs> something that you encourage people to do is kind of like take ownership of their situation and their story. What can you tell us about about that process and the importance of doing that? I start my conversations with with my clients, my mentees, mm. with, right, do you want me to be honest or diplomatic, right? What most of them say, by the way? Everybody says, oh, no, I want you to be honest. It's like, whoa, hold on. Are you sure? <laughs> Because, you know, if you're honest with people, right, first off, you can say whatever you like because you they've given you approval, to be honest. Secondly, it's so much quicker. Mm -hmm. If you've got to frame something to be diplomatic, you've got to think that little bit harder. Whereas if you see something and you're allowed to be honest and you've agreed that with them in the first instance, you say, right, well, honestly... You need to do this and you need to do that and you need to, and, and it's tough love. It's yeah. tough love, but people need it. So, and I do that with, with, with my other clients, my financial services clients as well, you know, just because it's so much quicker and they appreciate that as well, you know, because yeah. if you're honest with them, you know, people need to know, like, and trust you. That's the biggest thing in the whole wide world. And if you're honest with people and you agree with them that you're going to be honest and you're going to tell them exactly how you're going to tell them exactly how it's going to, you know, how it is, then you can, one, get away with so much. And obviously I've got a certain way with me that I can get away with an awful lot. Hello, everybody. Thank you for listening to my podcast. I hope you don't mind me just spending a few moments to tell you about my new book. I'm very excited. It's called Think Simple, Win Big, How to Build the Business of Your Dreams with a Few Simple Goals. And it's a rewrite of my original book, Goals Do Come True, 
and it's especially available for entrepreneurs, either new entrepreneurs or aspiring entrepreneurs who want to get the fundamentals right with their business. So if you are interested in getting your hands on a copy, go to my website, www.dougbennett.co.uk. Anyway, let's go back to the podcast. Now that is also true. <laughs> You've mastered the art of being honest and whilst being very, very kind about it. And you make people laugh as well, which always helps. Does that reflect your self-talk? Like, are you able to, to do that when you're honest with yourself? It is a male-female thing, right? Okay, okay, right. Okay, so you can cut yourself some slack in that respect because, and and my last podcast the guy, Phil, I mean, he explains it considerably better than I'm even going to attempt to explain, but it is simple, something to do with our left and right brains. Women's are more connected and men's are more separate. And so because of that, you're going to beat yourself up considerably more okay. than than a guy will. Okay. I mean, it's, it's water off a duck's back, you know, it's like... I'm, I'm like, for all of the insults that come my way, I'm just not tall enough. <laughs> what does that mean? It was like straight over the top. Yeah. Right? Bothered? Oh, come on. Come on. Yeah. Now, that hasn't always been the case. That hasn't always been the case because I used to beat myself up. It's like, come on, you sold your business for a million quid. You've got two books. You've got a podcast, right? A blog. You get invited to speak at things and people like you more than two people have said, I'm a nice guy. So it must be true. <laughs> right. So why beat myself up about it? Why not embrace? This is what you got to do. You got, you know, you got to embrace how magnificent you are yeah. as a person. And everybody is magnificent. Yeah. We're all individual. We're, you know, we're, we're, we're all so individual and we've all got so much inside us. Yeah, that, that that we just just need to oh, relax and let it out. Yeah, have we seen Wim Hof this this last couple? Let it go, let it go. What we got to do? Just got to yeah. get yeah, 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 for sure. Now, but, so this is interesting because when obviously when people are struggling and they're in a they're in a kind of predicament, that self talk it's going to be way harder to tame. And it's it's harder to find the, the positive and the good, isn't it? When you're when you've got a bit of a when you've got a bigger disaster than standard on a day in the life of an entrepreneur, start with, you know, how is it a good thing to navigate that in the moment? But also, how do you kind of set healthy goals and a healthy future vision so you're not like wallowing, you know, in the weeds of the problem? The goals have got to be big enough, and you've got to have some passion mm -hmm. about them, and you've got to have some conviction. Okay, and. And so they've got to align with you too. You know, if you don't, if you're not that bothered, if it's not going to get you bouncing out of bed in the morning, right? And if it's not going to scare the shits out of you either, right? It's not big enough. Mm -hmm. But you should probably only have one big, hairy, audacious goal, right? You can't have too many of those. And if you're, you know, just don't have one, but you've got to cut your teeth on this as well, you know? So you've got to, start believing it's possible. And, you know, we see it all the way across the world. It's like, well, you've got to do a 10K month. You know, this is all the marketing. Is that it? Ten, six figures. Oh, oh, 
Um, <laughs> you can get there. Of course you can. But there's nobody in this whole wide world, unless you're extremely lucky, is going to turn their business around in six months and go and start doing six figures. And And if you don't need six figures, why would you put yourself through that pain, that psychological pain and pressure, right? So, you know, my, I start with my clients is like, how much do you need to break even so that you can feed yourself, you can pay your mortgage, you can afford Netflix? Because to be fair, if you're secretly struggling, you shouldn't be going to restaurants and all of that sort of stuff. You know, you should be and not having a takeaway every two minutes and, you know, four cans of Stella every night, right? You shouldn't, you shouldn't be doing that sort of stuff. It's like, what do I need? Start that plan. And then your next plan is, right, just a little bit further on from there, right? So that I can afford a family holiday and all the other bits and pieces. And then once you start achieving those on a consistent basis, then you can get a little bit bigger. Because if you get too big a goal, if you put too big a goal in your brain, it's just going to go, loser, Really? Do you think so? Don't be daft, right? All of that internal self-talk, it's just going to pull it all out and just tell yeah. you. So, But you need to know the fundamentals of what you need. To- now, I think that is a critical point because actually, w- would it be fair to say that maybe some people set really unrealistic and unachievable goals with an realistic timeframes because it actually is a bit of a comfort. Like it's a cop-out, isn't it? I'm going to impact a million people by this time next year. Realistically, I'm probably not. Whereas actually, I think there's something a lot scarier because it's it's a lot more real about saying, I want to see a hundred thousand pounds on my, you know, tax return in the next 12 months. It's like, okay, that's actually something that I can take steps to do. And I don't know what those steps are. And that's scary. Yeah. I mean, it's eight grand. It's eight grand a month, right? Okay. Yeah, so, and if you're making no grand a month, it's like how are you suddenly? You're probably not going to go from zero or minus money, right, to eight grands in just oh, I'll click my fingers and cool. Now I'm doing it. It's going to take several months to get there. So actually, it's going to be more than you know, maybe five hundred to fifteen hundred to three to get. So then you've got actually got six months to make twenty. My maths <laughs> doesn't add up, but you no, can- it doesn't. It, um, that doesn't matter. And, and, you know, the maths doesn't matter. I've got a guy on at the moment. He is up against it. And I've created a payment. He's going to pay me the right amount of money for for what I'm going to change his life. All right. But we've got a payment plan. Mm. All right. Now, I can't afford. Well, I probably could afford to do it because I obviously told everybody how much money I make. Anyway, but, but, you know, I can't do that for everybody. But pay me in installments over the next six months. Because I know you need the money more than I need the money, but you're going to have to pay me because I'm going to make a bloody difference to your life. And all of the lessons that I'm going to share with you, right, are with you forever. Yeah. You know, and that's the other thing. That's about having a mentor. That's what it's all about. When you learn stuff, you accelerate the process to get to where you want to go. And you choose somebody that's authentic and understands. And, you know, I'm not going to give a guy that's up against it judgment mm. about the fact that this happened and that happened in the past. It's like, because I've been there. Yeah. But this is something that you bring. So you, you have this honesty, you have this authenticity, you encourage people to take ownership, you, you make it very okay to share the hardest of stories. But then when it comes to money, it gets addressed 
but it's done with compassion. We'll work it out. We'll work out. We'll yeah. work it out. I mean, you know, it's a winner. <laughs> Thank you very much. It's a pleasure to see you and we will be back together very soon. Cheers. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to review and subscribe on Apple, Google or Spotify. I'd love to hear about your goals. You can share them with me at dougbennett.co.uk. 